Oz, there has been a busy and exciting couple of weeks to end the European season, hasn't there? Yes. I mean, we've got two high-quality games. Very important games in so many different levels, right? Right. You have uh, one team that is desperately trying to get to Champions League, one very, very young team, and then you have one game that mm. is ultimate, ultimate game of the season for clubs. Yeah, with two teams that I think most people have agreed on are the two best teams in Europe. Two best teams in what ways, Kerry? In terms of the star power they have on the field, mm-hmm. in terms of the way they're managed, in terms of how tactically sound they are, in terms of form going into the game. Over the past few months, they've been brilliant. And just the names, the two names of the teams in general, the names that just just elicit some some heavy feelings. Heavy. Heavy, heavy feelings. Really heavy. And two teams that have names that won so many titles before. Yeah. They're experienced and right. very on the forefront of actually the two best teams in Europe. So we're talking about two finals yep. that have different dignity yeah. weight to it. Right. You know, Definitely. Europa League is usually, you know, a big final for um, teams that are not really making it to Champions League or make it to a Champions League but still have a struggle, chance right. to struggle. You know, yeah. like a team like, I would say, a Turkish team that comes to a Europa League final and win it is a big deal. Yeah. Maybe Sevilla going to um Europa League final is a big deal. But right. then you have um a club like Manchester United is going to play Ajax. Mm-hmm. Like when a team like Manchester United that is supposed to play in Champions League right. and is a massive club and playing in a Europa League final, you kind of feel like the importance of Europa League and the dignity and the pride is not as big. I mean, compared to Ajax, who historically have been great in the Champions League in the past, I think four-time winners, but, you know, are basically just happy to be in the Champions League every year, mm-hmm. which they usually are. Maybe getting past the group stage, getting into the round of 16 or a quarterfinal will be a great success for them nowadays. The Europa League is much more their speed, where they can actually go out there with aspirations of winning it. And winning it would be a big success for them. It would be. It would be. And if you look at the Champions League final, a game between Juventus and Real Madrid, where Real Madrid has really been dominating, you know, the past years, like coming to semifinals, coming to finals, and also Juventus has that too. And, you know, they lost a couple of years ago in the final. Yeah. And they kept building, they kept getting stronger, and kept getting better, as Real Madrid has done it too. And it's like two teams, if you look back in the past two, three years, it's two teams that are supposed to be in the semifinals at least. Right. And that's in the Champions League, the best tournament out there for clubs. Right. And Real Madrid is really, really looking forward to win another final and be the first team ever to win two years in a row. Right. Right. Whereas Juventus, 
who lost a couple years ago, like you said, haven't won it for like 20 years, mm. 21 years, mm. um, but have aspirations to get back and lift that trophy again. You thought this could definitely been the, be their time because they have gotten a lot better. Oh, yes. Since they lost to Barcelona in Berlin. Yes. And this could have definitely been their time. And they were just as hungry as Real Madrid to make history. And you've got players like Buffon. You have players like Chilini. You have players like Bonucci, Basagli, Italians in this team that have been in this club for a long time. And you also have history between Gonzalo Higuain and Real Madrid. Yeah. You have Kedira and Real Madrid. Right. You have Dani Alves, they played against Real Madrid so many times. You have really a squad where players like Dubala, Alexandro, you have um, and Pjanic that are relatively young and up-and-coming players. Haven't been in this sort of position before, Mm-mm. but they're mm-hmm. up for it. And whereas the other players you said are very experienced veteran players that knows what it takes to get to a final. Buffon has won the World Cup in, as well as me and, and European Championship Finals. Iguain has been to World Cup Finals and Copa America Finals. So they know what it takes to get to this position. They do. Um, they do. And if you look at Manchester United and Ajax, in this case, Ajax supporters are very happy and proud to be in a European title yeah. uh, chance, right? Yeah. And Manchester United supporters are very, very happy that they have the chance to win the final so they can make it to the Champions League. That's the main reason. So that final itself is super important to both fans. Yeah, yeah. And Real Madrid, for example, who has been, over the past several years, has been constantly compared to Barcelona and normally looked down upon when compared to Barcelona to get a chance to really cement their dominance in this competition, particularly Mm -hmm. over the past few years, and start a new dynasty. A statement. Exactly, a new statement that they are the best of the best, and the Champions League particularly is their competition. While Juventus, 10 years on from that controversial relegation to ser- down to Serie B, what a remarkable turnaround of just Ooh. 10 years later. Yeah. They've won six Serie A titles in a row. Whoa been the two Champions League finals and winning one of them, that would be quite the quite the turnaround. Quite the, the fairy tale. The big importance for the fans yet one side will be the happy ones. One side that can be pride, one side that celebrates and one side that can really enjoy this win. And uh, we are not Manchester United or Real Madrid fans. Mm-hmm. Manchester United won mm-hmm. 2-0 mm-hmm in Stockholm at France Arena and Real Madrid won 4-1 to at Millennium Stadium in Cardiff, Wales mm-hmm. and we're not Real Madrid fans and we were thinking how could we give the best experience for these games I mean I was in Miami watching at a bar I was sat plump on my couch watching it in my living room and that's, you know, very totally different experiences watching an important game like this. And um, we were discussing how could we really get a good picture how these games were. So for the Europa League final, 
we decided to call our good friend David Ovavag, that lives in Örebro in Sweden, that is lifetime long mm. United fan, lifetime man. Like he's so passionate about United that he, he even went to away games. Yeah, he went to their preseason games. He went to multiple Manchester United games, traveling to Manchester and with friends or by himself sometimes to just go and watch his favorite team. He has he has United jerseys. I know that he's very proud of where the Berbatov one and the Carrick one, uh-huh. and um, he have keep the tickets always. And you know, United coming to Sweden, he what has to get a ticket. Yeah, what an occasion that is! Right? right, and he got the ticket. So we were like, okay, let's call David and let's talk to him about the game. How did he get the tickets? How was the atmosphere? What does he think about the United season? So. Let's go ahead and call him now. I want to hear what his thoughts are. This is a big occasion for him, being Swedish, watching Manchester United in Stockholm. So let's let's call him now. I'm curious to see to hear what he says. They won, right? They did. Guys, thank you for listening to the twenty first episode of Ozkotch and King Soccer Podcast Show. Show. I just wanted you to know. Tjena David, allt bra eller? Tjena, ja det är bra själva Jo det är bra, vad gör du för något? Nej jag lagar lite mat och så Skönt bra. Nej jag sitter här med Kelly nu Och vi förbereder oss inför Avsnittet som kommer bli riktigt bra Känner jag och första, gång, första gången du är med Ja Det är väl det, nu sen ni startade Riktiga podcast, jag var med i de första svängarna Där i något avsnitt du, Exakt, du var med i våra tryouts Kan man väl säga Precis, precis. Um, and, um, Kerry, say hey to David. You know him. Hey, David. I do know him. Hey, <laughs> good to talk to you again. <laughs> nice to talk to you. How are you doing, mate? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. How about yourself? How was the How was the yeah. final? Oh, we, yeah. It was a great experience, you know. Uh, <laughs> I was lucky to get a ticket, first of all. But, uh, couldn't ask for more, you know. United in a final in, in, Stockholm, in Stockholm, right? Yeah. Which is just... Two hours from from the city where I live and the city where Arthur comes from, so you know it had everything everything I wanted. <laughs> When did you apply for the tickets? Uh, I think we applied in March or something. Uh, so this was the first time that that I applied for an Europa League final. Mm. Uh, I think I've been applying for tickets to the Champions League finals for. Eight straight years in a row now, <laughs> but I've never been successful. But uh, uh, this time, at least, I got tickets to the Europa League final, and <laughs> yeah, so I was 
really satisfied, you know. So me and my brother got uh, a ticket each, and uh, I did everything I could to get a ticket, actually. So um, I was on one uh, application with my brother, mm -hmm. one with my girlfriend, <laughs> one with my dad, and two with uh, uh, old classmates. <laughs> so <laughs> I. Maybe I had a good chance to get Yeah, whatever you can to get an edge. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. So we got the tickets, uh, category one tickets, uh, which means we're on the long side. Uh, we had great seats, nice. actually. And, uh, yeah. They weren't that expensive. I think we paid 150 euros each. Wow. I don't know how much that is in US dollars, maybe 180 US dollars mm. or something. Uh, but it was... Top, top tickets. That's a good deal. So, yeah, we were lucky. You know, I've, I've paid more for tickets that hasn't been that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Earlier, but, uh, yeah. Were your seats, um, they weren't like with the United supporters or anything, were they? Was it uh, sort of mixed zone, you know? No. Yeah, it was in a mixed zone because I got the tickets through the UEFA, UEFA.com. Mm. And so I got the tickets before Uh, before we knew what uh, teams would be in the final, you know, so there were people from from all over the world around me. Uh, there mm. was a couple uh, from Germany, and there was a mother and her daughter from France mm. next to us, and uh, some Japanese guys, uh, but also a lot of Ajax fans as well and United fans. So uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. The thing was that um, the capa capacity of, of France Arena, the stadium in Stockholm, is uh, 50,000. And uh, UEFA had 17,000 tickets. Mm. Uh, and I got one of them. <laughs> and um, the clubs, United and Ajax, they got 10,000 tickets each uh, to give to their supporters. And then uh, 13,000 tickets uh, Just for anyone who bought them. Was due to like sponsors. Sponsors, sponsors okay. And, yeah, it makes like sense. Like Hancock, yeah. Right. Uh, how, more. how is the process if you want to get tickets through Manchester United? Oh, uh, it was almost impossible, you know, for, for someone like me to, to get a ticket through United because I think you needed to have a season ticket. I think you needed to be a long-term season ticket holder at Old Trafford, actually. Hmm. And also... One other criteria was that you had to be in to one or two away games in Europa League this season with United. So <laughs> Very kind of specific. The, the United fans who were there mm -hmm. were the die-hard fans, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you are die-hard. I know that I, I am, man. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. But, uh, I know that I applied to a lot of Champions League finals too to get the lottery mm -hmm. and. Uh, You know, you just wait for that day when they're going to announce, and you're like, "Yes, I want the Champions League final ticket," but it's yeah, always yeah. a no. So how exactly. how was I'll... how was it to read the email that you actually got? You know, two tickets. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a scoring thing goal. Is, thing is, like the, the day I started to read on on the internet that people had uh, had got their answer. Now, if they had the if there was a set successful in the lottery or not. Uh, I read that on the internet, so I started to call all my 
uh, the people I was <laughs> supplying with. So I called my friends, they said no. I called my girlfriend, they said no. I called my dad, they said no. And then I called my brother and he said, I haven't got the answer yet. Uh, but then he called me later that night and said that uh, uh, like 300 euros had been withdrawn from his account. So <laughs> when, I, when I heard <laughs> that, I knew we had the tickets, you know. So <laughs> really? I was lucky. <laughs> I was so happy. Uh, but by then, you know, United they weren't uh, qualified for the final yet. So mm. it was still a long way to go. I don't. I think it was before the semi-finals we got the answers. So and that semi-final. Still a long way to go for United. And that semi-final game against against Celta Vigo was something else, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Thought I had a heart attack when uh, John Guidetti missed that chance. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoo. Yeah, I, I mean, watch oh. <laughs> and once that final whistle came, you were like, "Yes, France are in our Manchester United." Yeah. It was a big relief, you know, and uh, and also the tickets, uh, the, the the ticket prices they raised a lot uh, the weeks before the finals as well. So uh, since huh. we had the category one tickets, you know, the best tickets there is, uh, we could have sold the tickets for about. Seven eight hundred euros. Oh, wow. We bought them for a hundred and fifty. So that's but profit. So, I, I mean, I, I've been to Old Trafford a couple of times, and I've been to a couple of away games with United, but I've never been on a final with United. So I was like, no way, I'm not selling this ticket. Right. <laughs> so let's go uh, go forward towards I, the. If uh... I've never been at Old Trafford. I would maybe consider selling the ticket since. The money you make on selling that ticket can take you to Manchester. To like three games. Can pay you the hotel, <laughs> the, yeah, everything, you know. Yeah. Go forward to the game day. What did you do that day, like in the build-up of the, uh, the game? Yeah, uh, I woke up really early because uh, I had to do a couple of hours at, at work first. So got to work at 7 or something and uh, stayed at work until 12. Mm. <laughs> but I couldn't concentrate, of course. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was a waste of time. <laughs> so, so I just uh, went back home. I live quite near where I work, and uh, put my United shirt on. And then my brother came and picked me up with his car, and we drove to Stockholm. Talked about the game all the time in the car, you know, and uh, discussing uh, potential lineups and stuff, and uh, yeah kind of a build-up to the game, you know, and then, then uh, when we got to Stockholm, we went to a street where all the United fans was uh, drinking and singing, you know, I think it was like uh, 5,000 people there at least, wow. it was a great as wow. atmosphere, and then we had a couple of beers, and then we went to the game uh, with, the, with the subway, but the thing is, uh, the Ajax fans was on another street, not very far from the United fans, but <laughs> we came on the same subway train as them. Oh, uh, man. So that was a bit weird. But, uh, <laughs> was <laughs> it any, smooth, so. any clash between <laughs> the fans? It wasn't. Actually, we were lucky because there were uh, two police officers in our uh, in our coach. Yeah. So <laughs> we were lucky. There was nothing. But there. Uh, we saw a couple of our Ajax hooligans uh, just uh, in Solna, where, where the arena is. But uh, 
no fights or anything. Um, I mean, after the game, when they lost, they started to smash a couple of chairs in the stadium, the Ajax fans, throwing it on the pitch and uh, burning stuff. But, uh, really? I actually didn't know that. No, I mean, yeah, they, they did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, otherwise, it was... I'm curious about something, you know, like every time you watch these finals on TV, they have a great, like, build up on the field, you know, like, you know, performances or flags or all that kind of stuff. How was it at Friends this time? Uh, Actually, it was meant to be really good because um, Axwell and... uh, Ingrosso, oh. uh, two of the guys from the Swedish House Mafia, yeah. uh, they were supposed to be performing before the, the kickoff. But um, since the, the terrorist attack in, in Manchester two days earlier, yeah. uh, they decided to call it off just because they didn't want that. Mm. You know, playing that kind of music just before a minute of silence is a bit weird, you know. Yeah, so it is. they yeah. called it off. So there was just a just a couple of songs from you know a couple of famous Man United songs and uh, they played all the Bob Marley Three Little Birds you know that's what the Ajax fans uh, sing just before the kickoff in their home games as well so there's a couple of, of, of the songs related to the clubs but nothing special really and you know the the Europa League chant isn't that. Good as the Champions League chant. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Unlucky. Though. That one so. doesn't give you goosebumps. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> so was the was the minute of silence as respectful, as nice as you know it should have been, as people made it out to be? Yeah, I, th- I think it was. Uh, most of the people were applauding, so mm. it was good. Did that have an effect in the way that even you? Kind of felt about the game, you know? Um, uh, yeah, a little, a little bit. Because, you know, since there was also a terrorist attack in Stockholm just maybe a month or something before yeah. this happened in, in Manchester. So, and, uh, you know, people here in Europe, they start to talk a little bit more about this now because it seems like it happens something every week, you know, and, uh, and a, a final in a, Europa League is like a seems like a good target for terrorists. So yeah, we were we were well aware, but uh, the security was good. I felt we had like you had to show your ticket just to get near the stadium at first, and then they, mm. Uh, mm. you know how you say you they had you felt you. on your body that you didn't have any knives or anything on you, so no bangers or anything. So we uh, we felt safe all the time. We did. You said you and your brother talked you know, tactics, talked lineups, talked about the game in the car yeah. up. Uh, what sort of stuff did you discuss? Were you nervous from Ajax at all? They're like a young team, uh, very technical. Not really, because I, I, I haven't been watching the Dutch league for right. many, many years. Uh, I don't know why. Probably because I don't have that much time nowadays to watch football. So I usually only watch like the the Premier League, Champions League, Europa League, and uh, the Italian League, Serie A. That's what I watch, you know. So I didn't know much about Ajax, otherwise that they had a, a very young and talented team, you know. Right. But uh, they they were better than I thought. I thought it would be a, a much more easy game for United. <laughs> and, uh, what about what about under you? Uh, really, really 
is. What about on the United well, front? That, like, uh, you know, what did you expect from the game? Did you expect from United? Yeah, from United. <laughs> I mean, uh, we both expected a lot of more of possession from United. I think uh, it didn't felt like they controlled the game in the first half. You know, I actually I think they had like. 62, 64, um, uh, possession. Right. So, but they never ha- had any good chances, though. Right. But still, I think you should expect more from United in a final like that. At least they should have more of the possession than Ajax, I guess. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, what, uh, that's part of the Mourinho, I don't know, philosophy. Is, that's just how it is. is. Like, they're in control, but without possession. Because they, they seem exactly, very comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, they didn't come to any clear chances while we were 1-0 one, one up. And, uh, you know, Mourinho, he knew that Ajax would need to go even more on the attack. So, yeah. And that gave us a lot of more space in the second half, you know. Exactly. When uh, Mekhtarian scored that second goal uh, in the beginning of the, the second half. It felt like the game was over, you know, and all the Ajax fans, they kind of stopped singing and stuff. So when he scored a 2-0 goal, I think it was like the game was over. That's how it felt in the stadium. It's kind of felt like that when we watched the game too. It was the... It did, yeah. Yeah, they, United started to fall back and kind of protect the spaces and, you know, yeah. make sure that... Because they kind of let Ajax keep the ball position, keep the passes, but exactly. they never really came close to, uh, you know, no. even make a cross or something, really. Exactly. No, they we control the game 100. percent I think. And so, what do you think at about least in the second half? What do you think about that? A lot of commentators and pundits are kind of criticizing the game or the final because oh. it wasn't that you know great or exciting final, but. Because I felt like when I saw the celebrations after the game and, you know, you saw Mourinho starting to jump and sing and they all celebrated really hard, you know, it kind of felt like, you know what, this was the end goal. This was the main reason yeah. to actually, and this is the reason to celebrate. You are guys are in Champions League, you won a title and you're exactly. also, it's your third title of the season as well. Yeah, it is, it is. How did you feel about the game wasn't really that good? Was it like uh, a bit disappointing no, now when you got the chance to go to a final? Yeah, but I mean, it felt more like... I mean, I guess Mourinho was happy because if they wouldn't have won this title, the Europa League and qualifying to the Champions League, I think I had to say that his first season at United would have been a failure because he and the club has spent a lot of money and Mourinho always talk about himself that he's, you know, the one, the special one. <laughs> That's true. He really needed a title this time, you know. And uh, But for me, it was more like, all right, we've done the work. I wasn't that very happy, you know. It was like, okay, we've done it, we're in the Champions League. Right. Let's look forward to the next season now. Right. That's how it felt more. So, and I think I share that feeling with a lot of other United fans. That so, I, do you that disagree with Mourinho once he says, like, once he, you know, puts out this sentiment that I don't care about finishing top four, I don't care about finishing as high as I can in the league, I'm okay with finishing six as long as we get into the Champions League that way, through the Europa League? Yeah, and stuff. I mean, 
I prefer winning the Europa League and qualifying right. to the Champions League than yeah. like coming third or something in the league. I agree. Because then you have to to do the you have to start the season earlier. It's uh it's a much shorter vacation for the players because right. they have to do the qualifications during when is it? Early August or something. So so this is much better. I think you win another trophy and. Uh, <laughs> qualifying straight to the Champions League so that's better I think he made it so congratulations to Mourinho you know I mean congrats to you guys what an amazing yeah, pressure to have to actually deliver and you made the goal happen you know like there's exactly, a totally different yeah. level now at United once you're in the Champions League it's kind of where you're definitely, supposed to be definitely. too yeah I mean it's not we don't really need the money. I mean, yeah. the money are good to get from the Champions League, but we're still rich. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but more like to get the best players, you feels like you need to be in the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To get the very best, you know. And I guess that's where in the Champions League United are supposed to be. I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on Paul Pogba this season. He's got. Ooh. A decent amount of criticism, about a lot of pressure, yeah. obviously, but he comes up with it the goal is. in the final. So does that you exactly? Know, you know. Kind of pays off his huge right amount what we paid for him. But the, I think is I think that he's had a lot of pressure, and uh, I still still think he's coped with it pretty well. And he's had a good season, you know. I know that he can play a lot much better because I've been. Yeah, watching him for many, many years playing yeah. in, in the United youth team and a couple of games in the in the first team before he was sold to Juventus. Yeah. And I've been following his career in Juventus as well, so I know that he's such a such a good player and you know, when you know, Kante was voted the best player in the Premier League and sure he had a really, really good season, but when Pogba steps up and I know he's gonna step up soon. He's still very young. He has a much, much higher level than Kante. That's what I think. And mm. that's why you pay that a lot of money for him. Uh, and that's why you, Juventus demanded that huge uh, yeah. amount of money for him. I still think he's had a decent season, but I know he can play a lot. Yeah, much, much better. Yeah, we have seen for Buck to really perform high level soccer, man. If you Juventus yeah. and... Uh, this year, I think he was like going up and down. A lot of mistakes, small exactly. mistakes, like almost like he tried exactly. to shine off a bit, do a little bit hard yeah. things. When you look at the highlights, still those crosses, shots, passes. Yeah. Um, I mean, they are like uh, incredible high level, genius level soccer. You know, it's really yeah. hard to execute I mean, with those he, things. He is the complete midfielder. I think you know he can do everything. He can cross. He can head the ball. Mm. He's got great technique. He's strong. He can do everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think, like in Juventus, they gave him a position, a role where he could, you know, he could just let it go and uh, do whatever he really wanted to all the time. In United, it's been like a little bit more of. Uh, I mean, he hasn't been that offensive as he usually yeah. is. He's in, a bit more restricted when maybe. he was in, in Juventus, you know. Yeah. So. Maybe I would like to see him a little bit more near the our our strikers, you know, yeah. not playing striker, but the, in the number ten role. That actually that I reminds that's me where where he is the best. And 
And United is in so between like a generation change. You know, they have a lot of talents that need to give some time to. So it's kind of yeah, like, sure. you know, like Rashford needs more time. And it, after Ibra's injury, Rashford has really been stepping up. The only thing with Rashford yeah. is, can he actually, you know, I mean, he, he does amazing things and gets close to score, but he doesn't really score, you know, easy chances. Um, almost like, no. almost like Coutinho a couple of years back. He, he was so dangerous, came to so many shooting chances, but didn't really score. But last season, he no. did some amazing goals. And that's what they expect from Rashford, I guess. Yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, he, he's not that kind of player that I mean, yeah. gives you 30 goals a season. Not mm. yet. Maybe it will be in two, three years. But, you know, but a club like United, they need strikers or wingers that, of course, 25. 30 goals a season. That's what you need to get the title, you know, in England. Yeah. So, I guess we're gonna buy a striker this uh, this summer. Uh, they've been talking a lot about uh, Alvaro Morata and yeah. Griezmann, but uh, I'm not sure really who they're gonna sign. <laughs> I would like to see Morata because I like him a lot, and uh, he was he was great at uh, at Juventus. And yeah. he hasn't had that much minute on the pitch this season with uh, with Madrid, but uh, I think he is a quality player, you know. Latest, so latest. I would like to see Morata. Latest news I heard is Aubameyang. Aubameyang, okay, yeah. I mean, th- yeah, this is the this is the silly season starting, right? There's going to be so many names, and I feel like some of the clubs are, you know, taking the use to be connected with a lot of players just to show, yeah. you know. Just to show that there are among the clubs that can actually buy them, but how much really heated interest they have is a different uh, discussion. Um, you know, Arsenal yeah. for Mbappe, world yeah. record uh, transfer fee. You know, it's unbelievable yeah. to even hear. But um, yeah, we take it. <laughs> <laughs> you went to the Europa League final, and uh, mm-hmm. afterwards, was there any big celebrations? Like United fans uh, getting together, or it was. It wasn't that big as I expected, but uh, there was a lot of fans in the town. You know, we went out to the to the old town in Stockholm yeah. and uh, went to a couple of pubs and bars. And, yeah, there was a lot of uh, United fans out, but also Ajax fans. Uh, and uh, I stayed in Stockholm the day after as well, and. Uh, yeah, you could see the red shirts all over the town, you know. So <laughs> people were proud and happy that we won. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, David, for being in the Oscotch and King Sucker Podcast show. Me and David have been to a lot of games in Europe. We have seen a yeah, lot of have. good, you know, derbies, exciting games, nice goals, and uh, definitely done some interesting trips together. And throughout the, this podcast show, we're going to call David uh, occasionally to kind of get the, I guess, memory trip back and kind of remember those games and kind of um, yeah. witness those moments and bring them alive again together. Really quick, Definitely. real Definitely. quick, <clears throat> yeah. where would you say this game ranks mm. compared to other games you've been to? Mm. Oh, 15. Uh, 15. 15. 15. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, since it was a final, it's uh, 
must be in the top somewhere. Maybe it's top five. Okay. Okay. So can yeah. you can okay. you say us the top your second top two? Yeah, just the second. So we can kind of have second. just a second. So we kind of can get a taste of what we looking for. Okay, I would say the second best game I've been to is uh, Manchester United against Arsenal in 2011, when United won eight. Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> we will hear more about that with David in the future. And David, thank you so much for being with us in our show. Thank you. We will hear you more. Thank you so much, David. Have a good one, David. Good to talk to you. Thanks a lot. No problem. Take care, guys. You too, man. You too. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Oh man, I'm super happy that David got the chance to go to this final. That he actually won uh, the lottery. His brother won the lottery, and we're one of the few that actually got the chance to go to a big final like this. Yeah, to be honest, I actually didn't know about that uh, lottery sort of process. Yeah, I think maybe I heard about it from like UEFA and FIFA and such, but I never looked into it. But I think it's something that I might. I know it's a, it's you know like random chance, but. I think something I might look into for the future. Maybe I can finally go to a, F, you know, World Cup final or Oof. Europa League final or something. Definitely, man. Definitely. You know, he's been playing for eight years and finally got it. Yeah, I know. Eight times the charm, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we really appreciate David's appearance on our show. And throughout our next season, David will be a guest on our show as a sports correspondent that we have in Europe, it will be him and Dr. Yeah, um, and we're gonna call them occasionally to kind of have a good look back at big games. Like he mentioned, he been to many, and he gave us a taste of what game we can talk about. I don't think we want to talk about that game though. No, 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 no. I we're don't not gonna talk about that. that. If no. he does, we're not bringing him back on. No, no, we're not talking <laughs> about that. And uh, now we're going to continue. That's right. The Europa League final was really just the appetizer. It was. Just the appetizer with the main course coming like a week and a half later or yeah. so. Uh, and that was the big one, the biggest game, club game in the world. Probably the only biggest game in football would be either like the World Cup final or maybe European Championship final. But the Champions League final in Cardiff between what is... Without a doubt, the two best teams in Europe at the time. Juventus, Real Madrid. Big stuff. Big game. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the anticipation for a game like this starts, uh, like you said, I mean, as soon as the season is over in the leagues, then you start thinking about this final, man. That's right. And uh, both teams, coaches, they are tactically amazing. 
and they have achieved so much the past couple of years so we were really set up for a big final and in every game as a fan you wish for you wish for goals beautiful goals mm. you wish for important goals you wish for red cards you wish for some intensity some drama and you want the big players to step up and perform really really and in this game um ronaldo scored two goals oh yeah big game player i think it's safe to say oh man this is what he, this is the moment that he lives for that he's trained for his entire life and yet again he delivers <laughs> he delivers man there's like no stop for what he can perform i mean was there any real doubt how he's performed the past two months that he wasn't going to perform it similarly for this final no it wasn't it was just inevitable yeah once or twice but still you get that surprise don't you mm. you know like again he's done it he's done it yeah and he just shows his class and how how amazing a great player he is and and we wanted to bring you guys that experience from someone that went to cardiff to watch this game someone that since he was a kid watched Real Madrid thanks to his dad and today he's dad with two kids and we wanted to speak to Fernando Serna that lives in Miami that went to this final with his friend Alejandro so I was in Miami right and me and Kaylee went for a brunch this guy on the table right next to me showed a picture to his friend and I just looked over <laughs> I just looked over because the, you know this iPhone screen or whatever was yeah. just green so I couldn't you know my eyes saw a green pitch and he spoke about the Champions League so I was like you know once they once they're done with the food I'm going just to go over and introduce myself and I did and Alejandro told me that his friend Fernando that he went with would be a better person to actually interview so I got Fernando's number so now we are going to call Fernando and uh, ask him about this game Hello? hey Fernando this is Oz and Kerry how are you I'm great Oz how are you hey, I'm good good we good man we good Hey, um, we want to say, first of all, congrats. Appreciate it. <laughs> you guys won. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I'm down about that. 13, 13 Champions League titles. 12. 12, sorry, 12. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> Fernando, tell me a little bit about uh, how long have you been a Real Madrid supporter? Uh, ever since I uh, like um, football. Ah. So you grew up in a soccer football maniac family. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Basically, play football my entire life, every day at school, on the street. You know, why we do it in our country? Yeah, no. Not professional, but that's that's how you learn it, right? You learn it from playing as often as possible, 
with friends Absolutely. on the street. Yeah. Is that something yeah. you is that something you also try to share with your kids or are they too early for that? Um, I believe my four year old I'm actually going to start uh, you know, taking him with my dad on seal every weekend, you know, and um I, I want him to pick him up to pick it up on his own. You know? I don't wanna um I don't wanna force him to like it. You know, I watch and he ever since he was born in two thousand thirteen, so the first probably tournament he saw was uh, the World Cup in Brazil in fourteen. Right. And uh he was sick with me, you know, and obviously he doesn't understand he was a year old, but trying to do my part to make sure that, you know, it gets instilled, you know, in uh, generations to come. Oh yeah, I mean that first soccer memory is like that's something that he'll treasure forever. I mean the first goal he scores, first game, first tournament he watches that he remembers, something that he'll treasure forever. I'm curious, um, you're a Real Madrid supporter all your life. Is there a particular player from your whole life that resonates with you the most? However, um, uh, Raul Gonzalez, right. number seven, obviously a legend of Real Madrid, is one of the players that uh, that I, you know, that I've. Uh, he was my idol, basically. You know, that's, that was uh, his time, right? Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, a new generation uh, later, when uh, you know the big uh, Capitan Sergio Ramos <laughs> went from uh, coming, you know, from a small team. Uh, and then uh, joining the uh, Real Madrid as well. So him and Marcelo, and uh, obviously Zinedine um, Zidane, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I re- without a doubt, without a doubt, Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I remember the Real Madrid final against Bayern Leverkusen and Zinedine Zidane's amazing goal. I was, uh, yeah. I, was uh, I was a kid then, and that inspired me so much, and Zidane would be for me one of the you know kind of resonates with me when I think about Real Madrid and Galactico and and also the old Ronaldo obviously that era was amazing man I'm glad you mentioned Marcelo because I think he's especially the last couple years if not as good as Ronaldo which I may think may be crazy to say he's such an underrated player for that team I think he's arguably the best left back in the world in my opinion he has a very high level consistency in his yeah. games. You never see a bad game for Marcelo, man. Yeah. Exactly. I was a little nervous because uh, he was, uh, you know, in the final, uh, he didn't have the best first 20 minutes. Right. Um, he was missing balls, he was missing passes, you know, uh, he was turning the ball over. I don't know if he was a little nervous or he was uh, a bit too uh, confident, I guess. Mm hmm. Right, let's um, let's take it to that day real quick. And uh, yeah. what did you do in the lead up to the final? Uh, well, you know, uh, when we um, two weeks prior, when uh, Real Madrid won La Liga, you know, mm-hmm. I felt uh, a bit more pressure. You know, the team will be able to, a bit more pressure to make this historic, um, you know, win of winning, you know, back to back. Yeah. Then, uh, you know, going against um, Ju- 
yeah. Mm. Right? I mean, yeah. they know very well. They play in the league, you know, a couple games uh, a year. So it's, it's a very different proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, Juventus uh, being the team that had only, uh, uh, you know, um, let allow for three goals in the entire UEFA, you know, Champions League this year. Uh, obviously, we knew it was going to be a very close game. Wow, that's never. Ne- yeah, I never thought it was going to be such a, you know, uh, big score, obviously. Right. But, um, but yeah, but, you know, the, the, obviously the feeling is always, you know, uh, is nervousness, is excitement, you know, is uh, uh, a little bit of everything, right, until you get to that day. And uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know I was going to go to the final for, like, about 10 days before. So literally right after the, um, you know, we won La Liga. Mm-hmm. How were your seats? Did you have good seats? Did you have good oh, view? Amazing, amazing, amazing. I had, uh, I have been to the Santiago Bernabeu um, four times already. Mm. Last uh, being the uh, El Clásico that was played in October 2014, where uh, Real Madrid uh, won 3-1. Mm. And um, my tickets were like on the third level. Obviously, Santiago Bernabeu is a, is a much bigger stadium. Yeah. When did you? When did it hit you? You know that. Wow, you know we're here now. The game, this game is about to start. Is the two biggest, uh, is the two biggest teams that actually plays against each other in Europe. When did it kind of hit you during the stadium? Was it when you arrived to the stadium? When you were inside? the Juventus fans I'm just curious did you you know were you pretty much away from them the entire time did you walk up to the stadium leave the stadium with Real Madrid's fans the entire time did you notice the Juventus fans much
Mm-hmm. Um, that amazing goal. That's the see the atmosphere is already alive outside and people are, you oh, know yeah. that's the so it's so much fun man it's so much fun starts and like you said for the first 20 minutes I mean Juventus kind of put the pressure on Real Madrid which I was surprised to see too but Real Madrid scored that first goal and if I'm not mistaken and it must have been like a relief almost watching the final with my with my wife and you could just see on TV the build up of passes and passes and they just kept going and it was like the perfect kind of counter attack classic Real Madrid yeah. counter I love that exactly. sort of goal Yeah. You know, and, and you, you 
can't be too, you know, uh, confident mm-hmm. you have those court because, you know, it, get, it makes, obviously, puts the pressure on the other team and they're going to want to score, you know, faster than when you were 0-0. Still, when, uh, I feel like when you went to score, it didn't really scare Real Madrid that much. Yeah. And uh, not to say that I would have loved seeing, you know, the extra time and penalty kicks and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, it's like getting getting your money's worth and out of a spectacle like that, right? But yeah. uh, when that goal came, uh, you know, uh, when the goal was the goal was scored, you know, obviously I got I got very nervous, you know, because that was uh, going to give a confident boost, you know, to Juventus, and then uh, Real Madrid continued to play the way they started playing. Uh, it was not going to be a pretty picture, so. Um, Yeah, so the pressure was on, basically. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, was, I personally think after that goal, after the uh, Juventus goal, the rest of that first half was kind of back and forth. Pretty, it was a perfect half of soccer, in my opinion. That's what I think. I loved it. Open, back and forth, fast pace. But then the second half comes, and I mean, Juventus just seemed to crumble. Real Madrid completely overwhelmed yeah. them. Yeah. The second half after um Casemiro's goal, um, uh, and a few, you know, attacks from Real Madrid and to see how much, you know, Juventus was uh losing the fall and and the fall over and they couldn't find a way to get in the way they were getting in at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized, you know, okay, here it is. I mean, this is when we have to do it. Yep, that's why I mean then uh Ronaldo's core Yeah. <laughs> so what is it? So what is it with this Real Madrid team that you know? If you look at the, all the different eras that you followed, because you know, like you said, it's two of the biggest and best teams right now in European football, and yet it seems like this Real Madrid team is tactically amazing. They have the really brilliant players. What is the difference you think from all the different eras of Real Madrid and this particular team? Yeah. Player, you know, with one of his goals and and all his magic. So 
for when it comes to the pitch, you know. And however, there are older players, you know, Asensio, Morata, you know, Benzema, yeah. uh, man, Marcelo, you know, Sergio Ramos, you know, that can Isco, always man. You know, be decisive. Isco. said i've heard comparisons from this real madrid team to that pep guardiola barcelona team of the late 2000s early 2010s and that dominant era they had and that this real madrid team could start something similar to that guardiola team and you also hear of how people like ronaldo exactly like you just said people like ronaldo have complete trust and can you know resonate with zidane because he has been there and done that and he knows the in and outs of the club and everything um, I wanted to know what you think about what everyone else says about Ronaldo, right? He has this perception of being, you know, arrogant or selfish or cocky or whatnot. Yet you hear from teammates. I've seen plenty of teammates over the years say Ronaldo is like a delightful player to be with. Uh, he's not cocky. He's not selfish. He's a very good team player. So just what do you think of that? Last thing, because I know you've got to get to work, Fernando. But uh, after that game, once the final whistle blew, Real Madrid had just historically won two back-to-back Champions Leagues in a row, um, or one back-to-back Champions Leagues in a row. What was the the atmosphere like? What was the party like, <laughs> essentially, in oh, Cardiff there? Well, uh, when that final whistle, you know, came in. 
then uh, I was, you know how it is, right? I was traveling with my friend Alejandro, and but there's people in the stadium that you, you know, you, people you don't even know, man, and you you hugging, you know, my family. after games like big games or you have that glow you know you still can't believe it you're still kind of up in 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 the energy i mean it sounds like you still are man yeah Thanks, Alejandro, for or sorry. Thanks, Fernando. Excuse me for uh, yeah. for being on the show. Brilliant stuff. 
brilliant stuff. Yeah, so I met Alejandro, which is uh, who is Fernando's friend, and I saw he was like showing pictures mm. of Champions League final. I'm like, I'm sorry, man, I overheard you. Did you actually go to the Champions League final? <laughs> <laughs> and he told me about you. So we really appreciate it, man. We really appreciate it because. What we try to do here at All Scotch and King Soccer Podcast Show is to share the experiences from the fans' perspective, you know? We try to get understand how the fans lived that scenario, how was it, and kind of be somehow from your stories also, we can live it in one way, you know? Because it's thanks to you, people like you, that since they've been a kid, followed soccer, that really soccer goes around. It's the fans are the number one. So uh, without you, without us, um, this game would be not the same. And uh, uh, do you have any last words for us, Fernando? I'm gonna say something, you know, and this is uh, probably gonna come uh, very. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, you know, but the way we say or the way Real Madrid fans say, "Ala Madrid y nada más." Yep. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Congrats again, man. Hey, thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate it. No Have problem. Have a good day. All right, man. Take it easy. Bye. Ciao. Thanks again to Fernando Serna for giving us his time and uh, letting us speak with him about that incredible experience in Cardiff at the Champions League final. Big moment for a guy like him, a great guy like him and a true lifetime Real Madrid fan. Like, one of the real ideal fans, in my opinion. Knowledgeable. His dad was a fan. Yep. He's, you know, he's now passing down his knowledge to his kids. And um, more experiences to come for them, I think. It's precious. You know, it's very precious moment. Very precious game. Very precious experience. And even though it's been a week... He's still listening. He's still, you yeah. know, actively trying to hear the chance and kind of, and kind of shows us how important soccer is for the fans. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And uh, how important fans are for this game. Yeah. I mean, he's still reliving those goals, each goal, and uh, and dreaming of the experience the whole experience yeah. not just the the parts with Real Madrid fans but even walking past all the Juventus fans before the game and because that's all part of the experience getting the banter from away, or opposing fans you know cheering for your team yeah. with your fans that's all the experience yeah. all the everything about it and I just real quick want to say we all have those finals that we appreciate so much that we always go back to and we go back in on youtube and watch clips and videos and the goals from that game like we know it from yesterday and fernando also spoke about that after the atlantic madrid win you know he kept watching he saw maybe that game eight times and we all remember that game by cristiano ronaldo making the final penalty mm. and bringing the Champions League trophy to Madrid. Once again, he's proven that he is once 
one of the greatest players this world has ever seen and yeah. will ever see, surely. And, I mean, you have your Messi debates, your Ronaldo debates, even throw that in how they compare with Pele and yeah. Maradona, Zidane, whatnot. Um, stuff that I personally don't, like, I hear it. I think it's always fun to listen to these debates, but I personally, I guess I stand on the fence. I don't, it's too difficult to say who's the mm-hmm. best ever. Mm-hmm. But there's no doubt, even if you prefer Messi more, Ronaldo is a true winner, a true leader, just as much as anybody else. And even if you may come off as arrogant or cocky or annoying or something, frustrating, I think he just has the characteristics not of an annoying person, but of a winner. Yeah. Someone that wants the best for himself and for the team. Yeah. And, you know, just to throw back to our first episode. Yeah. Uh, first episode, we brought back last season's biggest moments. Right. And we said it was Leicester City that won the league. European Championships. And we looked into the Champions League. And it was... the Ronaldo, both in remember right? Yeah, he had a big, fi- part, big at, part to play. In the, yeah, uh, in the final he got injured and uh, he was doing all. Even then, he still had a big part big, to play. Big yeah. part, big part. Yeah. And uh, even in the final, and here we are again, talking about Ronaldo in a Champions League final, <laughs> winning it, winning it. And it's so much respect to this guy that can deliver in such a high level you know week after week after week that it can't hits me how top 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 sports athlete he is yeah like really really top sports athlete in all different categories that he really tries to outperform even himself there's no stopping motivation there's no lacking in form he's still Changes he changes up his style a little bit, but still delivers goals. And Cristiano has you know, you know we've been following his career so long, mm. and uh, here he is a winner again with a all around amazing Real Madrid team. I hope Ronaldo looks back on his career once he retires and is proud of what he sees, proud of what he remembers. Because he really did have one of the truly special careers of any player. Yeah. Any player could dream yeah. for, dream yeah. of. You know, could you say, because we understand the highs when we win, right. you know, as a fans. And uh, some of us can also understand the highs when you score a very important goal or when you win something very important from the youth. But we're talking about a totally different scale now. We're talking about, you know, playing for Real Madrid and playing in the Champions League final and scoring two goals like that high. I mean, we're talking about achieving your dreams. Achieving, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Ronaldo does it so many times, you know. (laughs) You think Ronaldo is the one person in the world that has achieved managed <laughs> to experience that much of ha- happiness um pride yeah. and joy and uh, you know just amazing feeling that is not 
possible describe many so many times i mean <laughs> you know it's <laughs> yeah i can't even really describe it right now it's, it's, it's strange uh but it's 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 credit to ronaldo for sure for sure i hope people can like i said may have your different preferences you can say whatever you want about him but you have to admit you have to respect the man yeah that is a natural leader and a good person too a really good guy but uh interesting that you brought back that first episode man mm. first that we haven't talked i haven't even thought about that episode yeah. in a while great yeah. one um that was a good one that was a good start of what we're about to do we show really a potential yeah. and this is our 21st episode and we've been growing very fast I know. I mean, I'm thinking about the episodes we've done since that first one, and it's been all sorts of different things. We're definitely good experience for us. Yeah, yeah. I remember our first trophy episode, which is a special episode that we do very occasionally, right? Mm. And uh, we went to the first home opener, Atlanta United, here in, here in Atlanta against New York Red Bulls, and you saw all you saw this project really come alive yeah and we're still we're still experiencing a buzz around the city still still still, yeah yeah, still um i remember early on we opened up we spoke about arsenal's season you know what's missing and we did a episode about that and remember leaving the studio and it was like almost like a reality check right in one way which was tough yeah as well as an arsenal fan and uh, what other episodes kind of sticks out for you man? i mean obviously that's obvious but new york trip yeah it was a trophy episode but that new york trip you know not only was it special for me going to new york and you know watching arsenal win the fa cup watching new york red bulls play at red bull arena but also just how we did that episode was that like sort of almost like a documentary ish yeah. sort of style. I think it was yeah. really fun and, and and enjoyable. Other than that, I remember once we interviewed uh Gilo and Hamad Oof. and also Mohammed Saeed. Yeah. Some quality players, professional players yeah. in Major League Soccer in Alsvenskan with a Swedish national team even. And uh to, to get that perspective from quality players like them and and the the circumstances that they've been through True. and what they're currently in was really interesting. And we also gotta thank you guys. It's been really been a pleasure and happiness for us to talk to you, to share our stories, to bring in our perspectives, our cultural differences. Because we also brought talked about a little bit about the team that we coach. Right. The, the girls and my upbringing in soccer compared to you upbringing in soccer me from being from sweden and parents from turkey and you born in new york grew up in atlanta we, we have brought in this perspective on soccer from two different ways and yet we sit here as a good friends because we speak the universal language of soccer we are the fans and kerry is always on mls.com always you're always on it, man. Huh? You're Sorry, I'm not paying attention. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're still on <laughs> MLS.com, man. And um, we really want to thank you for the support. 
and for the for the help for sharing our episodes on social media and helping us to grow even more. Yeah. And uh we're excited to keep doing this. Oh yes. We're not done yet. Not done yet. Uh we've got more plans yeah. for the future. Yeah. And more experiences for us and for hopefully you guys as well. Because we bring them on. Yeah. We bring you guys on this journey. We see where it takes. But we have a lot of good interviews that will come up throughout the preseason that we will call it. Mm. And if you think that you get rid of us, no, it's not <laughs> going to happen. Because we just started, man. Oh, just started, yeah. We just started. We just started. The sun is in my eyes. Woke up and felt the vibe. No matter how hard they try. We never gonna die.